Hi, I'm Jennifer Barrett and welcome to another episode of All Things Apostolic. Today I will be continuing my discussion with licensed marriage and family therapist Beth Baus and we'll be talking about the latest Gen Z research and getting her input on it. So please be sure to join me. It's normal. I'll use the word normal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a good right. word to use. No, I don't know what okay. word to use, but uh, that's why <laughs> okay. I do this. Okay. Whatever normal is. Right, exactly. Whatever normal is. If it is uh, typical or normal for teens to already somewhat isolate themselves, um, do you see social media as having increased that uh, or exacerbated what is maybe a, a natural trend? And then how would we know when it is too much? When the isolation is too much, if that's already something. And I'm trying to think what you're actually saying because what I want to hear. No, <laughs> because what I'm hearing. Not being clear. No, I know. No, but, but there's so many like. I know you're thinking of all these caveats. I, I do. Huh? I really do in my head because I'm thinking, what are we talking about? Are we talking about an introvert? Well, well, right, exactly. So I'm. I have maybe I have. I. I. This is not my daughter's situation, but maybe I have a teen who um, is already like you said. They like to spend time in their room, or maybe not as engaged with the family as much. They're introverts. But, but social maybe. media has now their friend groups are on the phone. I mean, they the one of the studies I shared previously was that seven hours for preteens, seven hours a day, nine hours for teens. I don't know where they're getting this time. I'm I mean, just wondering where the I, parent is. I, but I spent That's my time in, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't apostolic growing yeah. up. So it was, me neither. it was 4-H and FFA and sports and yeah. community service That's and right. school projects and school government. I mean, yeah, we, we were busy, but we were busy doing productive things. And there was playtime too, but not a lot of playtime. Hey, I didn't have any of that. I grew up pretty much on my own in Los Angeles. My mom always worked mm. um, when she was working, and I pretty much was a latchkey kid. But I So you experienced that isolation, but not out of choice. I lived in a very rough area, so it was about not getting shot. You know, there's a, there's a liquor store on every corner, mm. so it's a whole different dynamic for me, but I think I just learned good choices. Um, it's not even so much, it's really kind of interesting when you think about it, but I don't, I, you know, I don't think we can lay everything on the lap of a parent and say, mm -hmm. but then there is something to be said of setting boundaries. I remember with my own kids, we got computers, you know, mm -hmm. years ago and, yeah. and we had these computers and we had all these games, you know, for kids. And I remember yeah. my son, I mean, who wouldn't want to sit there for hours and play these games? They're right. so fun, right? You know, so, so, but we or I was part of the TV generation, and oh, again, yeah. not being raised apostolic, that was how you decompressed. Yeah, absolutely. Was hours yeah. in front of the TV. Yeah, I didn't. Even though I was in the same place as you, I just didn't. I always thought it was kind of dumb, but <laughs> it is. You most know? of it is. Inane. I did. You know, I never, I never like got kicks from it. You know, but. Um, uh, that could have to do with a little bit of my ADHD, uh, <laughs> just because I, I just kept busy. Mm -hmm. um, but nevertheless, um, 
you know, I think that I think that with parents we need to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so I did. You know, I said, okay, you could do like I forget. It was like one or two hours, and you could play on the computer. It's this new great thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then after that, um, maybe on the weekend. I think it was one hour during the weekdays, and then a couple hours in the in the weekend. Right. I just but, set limits. But we had more control because usually there was one computer per household. A lot of times, yeah. and the internet, and so it's out in the public place. Yeah. But we but you still have control now. Who no, are, you still have control. So tell me more about that. So, like, you <laughs> have, you know, you have a teen. Okay, and I tell Who's parents this all the time. Phone. Yep. Okay, that smartphone goes in the drawers with mom and dad's at nighttime or when. Either at nighttime, and it can be at nighttime. It's whatever you think your family needs, okay. because it could be that you have a daughter that doesn't have that problem. So then that's not a need. Mm-hmm. You have a son maybe that has a little bit more difficult time, you know, not staying up till two in the morning on the phone. Ah, you know what? I'm doing this to help you. Just like right. I wouldn't feed you donuts every single night. I'm doing right. that to help you. So that's why I buy apples and oranges. I think that we have more control than we give ourselves credit. Mm. So it's okay for you to say, let me have your phones, but dad and mom's phones need to be in the drawer too. Mm-hmm. And at dinner time or when we're at a restaurant, let's just put the phones away. Mm-hmm. And if you have a teen that says, I don't want to, you just kind of remind them that you pay the rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, <know? laughs> right. You know, there's like not options. There's just yeah. something that happens and should happen from the time a child is young to the time a child is old, and then they learn boundaries, you know? There's some great books by Dr. Cloud on boundaries, and there's some for parents on boundaries with children and boundaries with teens. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend uh, reading that. When you have a family that the kids are out of control, what that tells me as a therapist is there is a lack of boundaries. Mm-hmm. In multiple areas. Lots of areas. Yeah. It's not only social media. Right. So that's, right. again, why I don't want to, like, kind of focus on that. I'm not saying his research is wrong. I'm just saying that, boy, what I see is it all, there's, like, whole lots of things that that create a person or a child mm. that maybe has some either negative attitude or too much time on social media. My kids had chores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I honestly have two great kids. Uh, They had chores. They did them every single day. Um, I wasn't overly obsessive about their rooms. They had to keep a halfway decent room. (laughs) Um, And I would shut the door. And and that's kind of how I did it. And if your laundry was not um, in the bin, I didn't care if you wore dirty laundry. That's on you. (laughs) The laundry basket is there. You put the clothes in. And I do the laundry. And then believe it or not, when my kids turned 13 years old, they did their own laundry. Mm. They always help with the chores. Mm -hmm. My son did the lawn. My daughter helped clean. Mm -hmm. It just... It's part of contributing to the family. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And and I'm not against people giving kids allowance. I'm really not. We didn't give our kids allowance. You were part of this family. Mm And I even remember teaching your kids. This is part of like the whole thing. Right. So I know we're talking anxiety, depression, all that. Well, 
you're just really busy. I'm not so sure you have time to worry about right. <laughs> all these other things. Well, no, that raises yeah. a good point because sometimes I've wondered um, whether if someone struggles with anxiety or depression, I, a young person, um, is a benefit to get them to think outside of themselves, do community service, to get involved, to see other people who are in need and to serve that need because then it's not so much woe is me if they realize there are other people they could be helping. They're actually blessed and they could turn around and bless others. I think every kid should do that anyway. Right. But um, it does get them outside of themselves a little bit. I think it's good. And I actually think I remember years ago doing some research and there was some real stats on kids that had a sense of um, entitlement. Oh, yes. And one of the ways to get them to kind of clue in mm -hmm. and be realistic because I mean you're gonna get your head knocked off in that world with that kind of an attitude uh, was to have kids um, serve the community mm -hmm. and so I remember my boy went through a time and he's a really good very generous giving boy but um, I remember when he went to he just got a little bit too cocky and mm. um, I used to, I found a church that was doing uh, feeding the poor, mm -hmm. feeding the homeless, and we went every night before, it was on a Wednesday night, when they would feed the homeless, and my son and I would go and feed the homeless, and then we would go to church, mm -hmm. and we did that for a while, and just watched the change. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that would happen with everybody, mm -hmm. but I watched my son change, mm -hmm. and um, it made a lasting impression. However, I do want to point out that some people that have like depression issues, it doesn't matter if you do these things. Oh, it still won't help. Yeah, it, it probably wouldn't, depending on the depression. Okay. Okay, because so this is where we use a blanket term. Yeah, that seems, and, it and you're fit. saying that it doesn't yeah. fit, and so when you say that, it scares me kind of because I don't want people to get the the feeling like, oh, well, then I'm, that's the answer. I'm just going to have them go and help the poor. Mm -hmm. When it could be that they have been so depressed for so long that there's mm. a depletion of serotonin levels, of dopamine levels that can't even naturally maybe go be risen by something mm. like that. Uh, you can naturally raise serotonin levels, dopamine levels by exercise, mm -hmm. by eating less sugar. There's a host of things that you can do. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you're going to need more than that. That's where I say, like, if you're really concerned that you have a child that's really showing some depression, especially if there's any kind of um, suicide ideation at all, they're mm -hmm. saying things like, I just, I just don't even care anymore. And mm -hmm. then they start giving their stuff away and some of their favorite things away. They start uh, looking at pictures and just crying and, you know, and you start getting this feeling, never, never not do something. Mm -hmm. So there's professionals that can help. Mm -hmm. um, so reach out to one of those. Mm -hmm. Whether it's really, whether the person's apostolic or not. Right. And I like, I really appreciate that you're saying the issues are not. We, we have to be careful about generalizing the issues. Yeah, it's not and black we, and white. And we have to be mm. careful then about having a one-size-fits-all answer. That's the truth, because it yeah. doesn't. Everybody's so, different. Right. Gen so, Zs are no different. I mean, you know, I know we talked about, you know, is there something really distinctive Then that's that kind of a question. Is there? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You see do you the think same, that, same Do trends? you think, I think that in every generation, 
there's something special. I think they're great kids. I love the fact that Gen Zs are so, and again, I'm generalizing, mm -hmm. but so creative. Mm -hmm. There's so many of them that think out of the box. I love it. Mm -hmm. When it comes to education, the fact that they love, um, you know, the flexibility, they love the the fact that you can get an education online, and I think, think that's fantastic. Do you think they're more so self-motivated because... They've had access to all this information. You know what? Again, I know it's just, it's really hard for me to say like, oh yes, they're so much more <laughs> self-motivated because you're going to have those ones that are, you're yeah. going to have those ones that aren't. Some of that might be personality. Some of that might be they're the first child in the family. And so mm. they naturally are just motivated. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that play into Other that. Other factors. Yeah. I think, I think what you're bringing out is that, um, do they have a lot more access to information? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up and I wanted to learn something, I had to go to the library. Yeah. You know? We ran to our little set of world books. Exactly. The encyclopedias, <laughs> yes. you know, that had these little bits of information. Yeah. So do they have that? Yes. The question will be, are they utilizing it? Mm. That's the question. Mm -hmm. And some of them are. And some of them aren't. Just like those ones that didn't utilize the library, some of them do and some of them don't. There's reasons for that beyond what's available to them. Mm -hmm. It could be family. It could be that they don't value education. It could be the family, the parents don't encourage development. There's so many things like that that play into it. Mm -hmm. So um, you... And I think you provide a nice balance with the, in regards to the social media of seeing that it has pros and cons. Absolutely. Are there um, any specific ones you would want to um, highlight or raise awareness about that are especially positive or especially concerning that you would want to, to mention? And explain that a little bit. <laughs> Um, so like what do you mean? So for example, well, I mean, there are positives of, of, there are some positives of social media, but social media can be a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I utilize it. I utilize it for business purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but personally I enjoy, um, I enjoy seeing what people are doing mm -hmm. and, and it makes you part of their life. I do realize like with anything else you're going to have to set some boundaries mm -hmm. because you can just waste a lot of time on yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but you can waste a lot of time in all kinds of things. Right. You know? um, what are your thoughts about, um, of course, one of the biggest areas of concern with social media is the addictiveness mm -hmm. of it, uh, which can be in a number of areas, but then also, and so maybe that's a separate question from um, the struggle that boys and girls are having with, pornography and the mm -hmm. easy access that they're having to that. So I don't know if we see those as two separate issues or they are interrelated, but addictiveness and then also pornography as an issue that, because I think that one has crossed. Some things are more in society in general, not necessarily are we seeing so much within the apostolic movement mm -hmm. in our churches, but pornography is definitely one of those and maybe gaming addiction mm -hmm. that I think has have had an influence in the church. Our young people have been affected by those. What are your thoughts on that? I think that we need to think about addiction, period. Okay. 
whether we're talking a sexual addiction, we're talking any kind of addiction, some people just um, have more difficulties with addictions, period. Okay? Mm-hmm. So does it have to do with, I think the porn issue today is one of the reasons is there's, um, you know, it's easier to access. Yes. Um, so yeah. that's a problem. So right. anytime that there's anything that's easier to access, um, there's a problem. And, and we have to remember, I remember several years ago looking up some of the research. Now I've done and do uh, porn um, uh, groups online, uh, work with uh, porn addicts. And personally, I mean, I love to work with them. I love um, the whole thing with addiction. Um, and so um, it's men and women. So we don't want to just assume that it's just men because women have this problem as, as and well. And that I find surprising. Yeah, we do. And I think, but but it is it is an issue. So, and do you see the um, the addiction addictiveness in general, or specifically with porn? Do you see that more with Gen Z or not? It, you see it across the board. I think you can and see it across the board. Okay. But you got to remember what the porn industry is doing. Okay, so their focus is seven years old. If they can get a child addicted to porn or even introduced to porn, then the concept is we have them for life. This mm-hmm. is a multi-billion dollar business. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at addiction in general. There's all kinds of things that stimulate that have to do with the brain, and we don't have time to go in all of that. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, I think the real question is, you know, as far as our apostolic world, how do we keep our kids from falling in that trap? Okay. Right, right. So there's like a variety of things that we can do. One, we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We need to say this is a problem. And if you have a problem, let's help you through this problem. We need to say yeah, that. Yeah, because I think many are embarrassed, ashamed, well, afraid. Yes, of course. Right. It's not like anything anybody comes and says, right. I want to let everybody know. Right. But how do you, you know? get help without asking for it? Can someone really overcome it all alone by themselves? I think that people can. Um, I don't want to say that people can't. I think that people can. Um, however, I think that if you have people to help you, mm-hmm. it makes the process even better. Mm-hmm. And it makes the process faster. But, I mean, really, Jennifer... We could be talking about grief. I, I know it's, it seems mm-hmm. like it's on a whole different spectrum, but we could be talking about grief. I just spoke to a man who's highly, uh, just has been grieving for years. And mm-hmm. I mean, weeping and crying. And, you know, I just introduced him for the first time in his, all these years to the stages of grief and just allowed him to talk. Mm. and and um, it was huge. And he even said, you know, Beth, part of the, the whole grieving process, and I know we're switching, but it all yeah. ties in, is you can't isolate yourself. Mm. And this is what people naturally do. When you're hurting, you mm-hmm. want to go into a cocoon. Mm-hmm. And so helping him understand that you can't do that. And the depressed and anxious want oh, to do that too. Absolutely. Kind it all goes same, together. Yeah. yeah. And so and so um, him just understanding that and reaching out and then knowing that these things are happening and having people reach out to this person and incorporate them into their lives as mentors, if you want to mm-hmm. say, or friendships, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he even said to me the other day, he said, I think if I would have known that, I don't think I would have suffered so long. Mm. I didn't realize that that helped me. Mm -hmm. So self-awareness. So self-awareness. So yeah. let's just say we have issues with pornography, okay? Um, you know, a lot of these people want help. They just mm -hmm. don't know mm -hmm. where to go, and they don't know who they can trust. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things as ministry, as just counselors, as people, we need to maybe be a little bit more not so self-absorbed even ourselves when we go into a congregation and make sure that we're touching the lives of these Gen Zs, making sure that we're just touching the lives of people mm -hmm. and loving them and, and loving caring. them. Yeah. Because we come to church tired. Yeah. And we're receiving the word of God. I think Brother Young actually spoke on it on Sunday. I know he did because it really resonated with me when he said, you know, just reach out. Mm -hmm. He can't do it all. Mm -hmm. The church can't do it all. Right. And you're referring to Pastor Young at the Rock Church. We're talking yeah. Pastor Young at the Rock Church. He preached the message um, on Sunday that referred to that. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful scripture. Actually, it was found in Galatians. And it talked about, you know, like using every opportunity to mm -hmm. be good to people, to mm -hmm. be kind to people. And then it says, you know, dot, 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 especially to those of the faith. Okay, so we're talking mm -hmm. about all this. That's what we need to do. I think as a community, mm -hmm. we need to do that. So we can focus on parents. We can focus on, you know, Gen Zs. Oh, are we? I get all that. I really do. Mm -hmm. I see that, and I see that, and I'm thinking, okay, but what can I do to make a difference right. to the one person that maybe is a Gen Z or whoever, and just reach out and touch them and say, oh, I remember I saw you the other day saying it yeah. matters. Yeah. I think maybe that's where we need to focus. But maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, I think you're right. I think that's important. So as far as his research, I think it's great. Do I agree completely? Mm, no, not completely. Yeah, I right. may be wrong. But I don't know if that ought to be our focus. So as we bring this to... Uh, to somewhat of a close, although I wish we could keep going. It's been awesome talking to you. Um, you've already provided some great insight into the issues and recognizing that we need to be careful about uh, generalizing. generalizing things. Mm -hmm. Yes, and really looking at the individual and listening to the As individual and that there's usually a menu of options available to Absolutely. that person. So then uh, would you say, is it even helpful to look at some of these issues as well this was these were the millennials this is gen z and i realize there's sometimes broad generalizations do you even find it helpful that that um groups are in these categories by generation from your perspective i think it's helpful um i think it's something to think about i think there's all kinds of things that are helpful and it's something to think about and then i've got this little deal like in my head where i kind of put them in my mental filing cabinet <laughs> I guess I guess maybe who I am what I've learned I'm 60 years old I mean I've kind of gone through some of these things you mm -hmm. know <laughs> and, and I'm at the place like I'm not ready to jump on any bandwagon every single mm -hmm. thing that comes by mm -hmm. oh that's helpful that's really good information huh mm -hmm. and then I just kind of put it to the side and I think maybe we just need to stay focused mm -hmm. and um, 
kind of do what God wants us to do, mm-hmm. and that's um, love each other and love do the right other. things and yeah. help in every way we can because one day every single one of us is going to stand up in front of the throne. Mm-hmm. And I think of that often. Am I going to be able to stand up in front of Jesus and say, you know mm-hmm. what, I've done everything I could. So, yes, I think it's helpful, but I don't say, let's not jump on every bandwagon. And you don't see Gen Z maybe as being as negative. Oh, I don't know. As at all. they're constantly in the media kind of portrayed very negatively. The oh. negatives are highlighted. Oh, yeah, but the negatives are highlighted in everything in the media. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. Yeah, like even with parents. I mean, there's wonderful parents out there. There are. I mean, nobody taught me what to do. I had to learn, Mm -hmm. just like with marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, 42 years. That was a lot of learning. And you know what? You come out at the end, and it all... And he's still training you. (laughs) No! 42 years. I always say he's almost perfect, but that poor man's been in therapy for 42 years. (laughs) No, he's a great, great person. And you know what? We grew up together... And we just, you know, you just, yeah, you just live and you learn and you give a lot of mercy yes. and and yes. you do that with your children too. Yes. And Gen Zs in the church, there will be some of them, and you're thinking, what are they thinking? Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Give them some grace. Give them grace. Give them space. Give them love. They actually might be smarter than you. <laughs> I'm serious. I've heard some teens they talked and. I, they are, I just go, oh, my word. I never even mm. saw it from that perspective. Right. I think we yes. need to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah, so as far as the negativity, I'm sure there are. But I'm sure there's negative in every Every generation. generation, absolutely. I think we need to keep things in perspective. Yeah, yeah. I hope that's helpful. It is, and definitely emphasizing the good. I think we need to emphasize mm-hmm. more good. Mm-hmm. There's so much negativity out there. And I think that's the last thing our Christian, us Christians need to do. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's You're wonderful welcome. to have you. Thank you. And thank you for sitting in and joining us as I interview Beth Bouse and gain wisdom from you every time we it. talk. Thank you so it. much. Love you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed these last couple of episodes talking about the Gen Z research from the perspective of someone who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. I felt like her views and information were very informative, and I hope you found them that way as well. So thank you so much for joining me. Hope to see you in a future episode.